Chomp Nation, welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will hear a group of millennials talk about the good old days of gaming, completely unaware of their descent into being out of touch with the world in terms of what's popular. Contra was Soon, cool. before they know it, they will be sitting on donuts for their hemorrhoids and taking Metamucil for, you know. If this is your first time being here, I want to say a big welcome and thank you for checking out the show. It's always good to have new ears on the show. And if you can, or excuse me, and if you have a free moment, if you could hit the subscribe button, that would help us immensely as we continue to get the Sword Chomp name out there. We have a fun show lined up today with all of the recent remakes and remasters coming out over the past few years, should they be eligible for Game of the Year talks, both personally and within established formats. We will discuss this backed by some comments from you, the listeners. We also assemble to talk some games, as we are going to be chatting more about Biomutant and Necromunda Hired Gun. We have some social media polls that you voted on that we will be discussing as well. Lots to get to, and it's going to be great. But let's get into some intros so you can see who to get angry at on social media after this episode. First, we have the man who used to work for Destructoid writing reviews for games until he was one day tasked with retroactively reviewing Paranoia Scape, the PS1 title where you play pinball in first person through a horror-set pinball arena. He quit on the spot and decided to form When Harry Met Jack and Sally, the Blink-182-inspired group dating app. When that didn't take off, he asked if he could join us, which we happily obliged. Mr. New York, New York himself, Rich Meister. How you doing, buddy? How has your week been going? Tell not, me everything. Not so bad. Uh, I want to set the record straight. None of that happened. The game was actually a clock tower for the Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. I mixed them up, I guess. Yeah, you, it's because you love Scissor Man so much. You always forget. You know, that's I do walk around saying, God, how I love Scissor Man. Yeah. That is the thing I say. And I always, for a while, I thought you were talking about the Mega Man boss, but no. No. Uh, the, the villain from Clock Tower, as it turns out. Yep. That's exactly right. I'm glad we got that kind of, we set the story straight. We can clear that that up like just right away. It's important to me. Yeah, we we don't, we don't need to dawdle on that. No, no need. No, but how you doing, man? You were telling me some of the things that you've been up to this week. I want to hear about your week. We haven't really been talking much this week. We both. Oh, you know what? This will be really great breaking news. You might notice me in a better general mood. Okay. Recently. And do you want to know why that is? I actually did notice that this week. Yeah, you want to know, know why that is? Yeah, I'm curious. My boss got fired. <laughs> wow, that is that is breaking news. Yeah, that's hot wow. off the presses. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, real better atmosphere at the office. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know he's been. I like. We don't need to talk too much. Shit no, no, no. You never know, but. I know no. that that has been a source of a lot of frustration and stress in your life that I'm glad for, fortunately that 
Ho- hopefully the the situation is going to be on an upward trajectory from here on out. It certainly seems that way. Without having to you know talk too much about my my day job and shit. Uh, for right now, it looks like they might be on track to simply um, promote another coworker of mine who I actually get along with quite well. And my main thought process was if I was answering to him during the day hours, I would be much happier. He is a much Dude, that's good news. I'm really happy for you, man. That's much better person to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially because, yeah, where you are not like you're beholden to where you work. You you don't get to travel or anything for where you work. You're not a remote worker, so yeah. you have direct contact with a boss. And if that boss is not enjoyable to work with, yeah, it's it's it often makes your life kind of a living hell. Like yeah, no, I I I hate to be that person, but I feel like anyone who works an office job or any you know really job of that framework can say the same thing. Like a shitty day at work can ruin everything you do when you get home, and um, I think like I've been coming home from work with a better attitude, and I think it's gonna help me be more productive here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like I noticed you were texting me about all these things you want to do this week, and I was like. God, Rich got really productive this week. What the hell is going on? And I feel I, like I, this I was big weight's off my shoulders. Like, Damn. Yeah. Well, no, man. I'm just. I'm really happy for you because yeah, I, anything to take stress off somebody always a good thing. It is. It is good stuff. Yeah, and I heard you've been. Uh, you were playing. What is it? The re. The remaster. Is it a remaster? Or a it's remake? a uh, an HD remaster of Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne. Um, which is a lot of people's favorite Shin Megami Tensei. Mm. I mean, arguably for me, my favorite Shin Megami Tensei is Persona, because even though it has dropped Persona from the title, um, people forget it weirdly wasn't that long ago. Persona 4 Golden was the first game to drop it from the title. The original Persona 4 was still Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4. Right. Um, but Nocturne's real good. I'm playing that on the PS4. Um I like those games a lot. I'll, I'll talk about it a little more when we talk about games. But uh, one of the main things I, I like so much about it is it just kind of cleaned up visuals, and it makes me like look at that and go, man, they should do this to Persona 4. <laughs> It'd be nice. It'd be real or nice. Or 3, I think, yeah. I th- I think with uh, it kind of fits into our topic with all the remasters and remakes happening, a lot of those games that people missed, it's a great way to get people to catch up on the games that were missed and i think it's a good way for companies to make money so yeah that'd totally be cool and that, that, and that game is so an, someone like me can, can go back can and find a good place them. to jump in yeah and that game is an absolute classic it just wasn't quite as popular in the u.s um at the time and i think the thing is with with persona kind of became a with five especially became this like big deal in the u.s and i think a lot of people are starting to understand that oh shouldn't make me tensai is like that's where Persona's roots are. Like, they have the same monsters, they have the same spell systems and all that, like the demon negotiations. There's a lot of similarities there, um, and it might draw people to that game, uh, which it's worth checking out. It's really cool they put it out. It's everywhere, I think. It's on PC, it's on PS4, it's on Switch. Um, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying... It, it is also, for a lot of people might know, not know, it is the origin of the infamous uh, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series sticker. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There was, um, Dante was a secret boss in in the in that game. 
That's kind of cool. That's a nonsensical crossover. That actually is going to play a little bit into one of the polls I did on social media that we'll talk about later. Well, it, it sort of makes sense when you think about it because Nocturne is about the end of the world and your character sort of being like this demon messiah. So, you know, crossing paths with Dante, the legendary demon hunter, uh, d- does make some degree of sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes some sense, but yeah, just... In it's ridiculous like yeah how the studios are related and everything I, I don't know i wasn't expecting that i wouldn't expect that rather it's it's kind of hilarious though i i don't actually know if it's in this version but i hope it is fingers crossed you'll find out in due time but um also you got a um you got a mass effect review up on the site as well that's yes. one other big thing you did this week i um yeah i uh put probably upwards of 60 hours into mass effect legendary edition and i you can read the review for more info i i i would recommend it even if like you're new to the series i think it mostly holds up i think stacking those three particular games next to each other uh shows off a little bit more of the cracks in the facade and it uh shows how different one is from the the latter two especially uh Mm. but a a lot of the there's some significant changes to one that I think make it a lot more approachable. Um, yeah. In, in you know by today's standards, right? And I think narratively it still really holds up. I say what you want about three. There are some real weak points there. I'm not the biggest fan of the ending. I don't think I find it as egregious as a lot of people do. Um, there there are more things about the story as a whole as the way it wraps up with three that I don't like. But that world is still amazing. I absolutely adore so many of those characters it's a it's a series worth taking the time to revisit if you can i no, i have a quick question about it because mm-hmm. um i haven't read too much about three yes i obviously i played through three when it came out i played the original ending i actually never played the dlc ending that um bioware yes. ended up releasing now do you have the choice to play no both the, origi- of those endings? the original ending is gone um oh wow but here's the thing you got to realize even if you go back to the original game, is if unless you were not connected to the internet and putting that disc in out of the box, you don't have access to that original ending either. Like it is full on wow. retconned. That is no longer the accepted ending, and that retconned ending, I believe, is what they're going with into Mass Effect Four. If they, if that's what they end up calling that new game. Okay, interesting. I mean, I still have I still have my original copy of the game, so I'm sure I could play the original ending, but. That's really fascinating. I didn't realize that they had completely retconned. Oh, it's it it's a full on retcon that that is no longer the accepted ending. Um, here's a weird thing to note. I uh, if I had time, there's so much stuff dropping right now. In a world where like there wasn't a ton of games coming out right now, and we weren't about to be in the swarm of that is E3. Part of me would love to like with a fresher lens go in and be like, let's see what Andromeda is all about. Let's give it take another crack at that. I I bought that game years ago and I still haven't played it and I need to play it. There's a lot of weaknesses in it. A lot of the technical problems which were the more glaring bits for me got fixed. And I do you, do you know what the the concept of it is like where it falls because that's what I think is so interesting about it. All I know is that there are twins that you play as well, th- and it's in the future at some point. It's in very far in the future, but here's the thing. It basically starts where the narrative hook starts in the middle of Mass Effect 2. The characters you're playing as were basically the Citadel's contingency plan. Um, Like, they were worried that Shepard would fail, so they sent colony ships into the Andromeda galaxy. And you are the people colonizing Andromeda. 
that's kind of cool that's a really interesting concept i i know that there there it's kind of a cult classic in some ways because the people who um like that game actually really fucking love that game and i think that is partially because of so many people disliking it that those people were further entrenched in their mm-hmm. pleasure or pleasure is not the right word their enjoyment of the game so. for for me it was one there was a slew of technical issues that made it like obnoxious to play at the time right and i just none of the crew members of the ship that i can't even remember the name of and that should tell you enough um are remotely as memorable as even the least memorable of shepherd's crew as far as i'm yeah. concerned like a, yeah. and they couldn't quite capture that lightning in a bottle again. And it's funny because I don't think the magic is Shepard. Like, Shepard's basically a piece of wood who is what you make them. Shepard's crew is full of these vibrant, memorable personalities like Garrus Vicarian and Morden Solis. Like, every... Even the weakest character on Shepard's crew is still interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's pretty common. I mean, like, we can look at something like Resident Evil Village, um, which is the most recent example where ethan winters is kind of a just an avatar for ethan's the most just me he character. just gets his hand ripped off he's like oh man yeah pretty much well <laughs> yeah yeah we've already talked about them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i get it and we'll do, I, a, I do, we'll do wanna... a, a spoiler cast for that and we'll really get to talk about that because i have for so much real. to say about i'm that really game. excited for that i'm really excited for that episode but um no i'm glad you're here rich i'm glad that um all the good things in life are happening for you right now. I really am. And, Which is uh, another person losing their job. <laughs> oh, well, you know, that's, it is what it is. Um, all I'll say is they I'm lost sure their that job for the reasons I don't like them. I'm sure the person will find another job, but, um, no, if you want to check out Rich's review, head to swordchomp.com slash reviews and read Rich's Mass Effect Legendary Edition review. Check that out. And, um, I am the host with the most people who have ghosted me while swiping right, Shay Layton. I'll be the voice leading the charge today. Um, unfortunately, we will not be joined by Josh this week, which is why you haven't been hearing him, as he has decided to take a nice family vacation to live among the cicadas. Uh, he was messaging Locus us forever. earlier that he um, he was driving in the middle of a cicada storm, and uh, he said it was loud as fuck. It is plague. It It is the plague year. It is the year of the plague. Yes, it is. Um, For me this week, I, I, it's been a productive week. Like last weekend, I went to um, a coffee shop again, and I was just uh, working on sore chomp stuff and some other stuff. Getting some script scripts written. Uh, We're going to be doing some chomping after darks again here soon, which I'm excited to bring that show back um, after a little bit of a hiatus as we got some stuff figured out. Um, I was learning, I've been spending a lot of time this week, uh, learning how to make good, decent to good looking social media post type stuff. Cause Instagram is obviously very much driven on aesthetic where Twitter is just, blah, 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 right I just I say things it. about Wario and people. Yeah. Yeah. As we, yeah as we talked about pre-show. Yeah. You just say what you want to say. I'm, there's a little bit more strategy to that, but, um, it's not, not the way I do it. Well, I'm in general. Yeah. As compared to Instagram, which is so much more about aesthetics. So I've been spending a lot of time learning about design and spending time in various apps trying to up my game and up my knowledge, so to speak, with their um, 
I also was working on some personal stuff. Um, not like nothing bad, actually really good stuff that I, I, I don't want to reveal or talk about yet. Um, I'm hopefully going to get the ball rolling on that here very soon. Um, excited about some stuff regarding that. And then other than that, um, just playing a little bit of games when I can, trying to get in a physical shape. I, uh, I, I decided this week that I was going to go to track and field club, um, one of the one of the junior high school girls had asked me to join the club and go running with them that day. I was like, yeah, sure. And they're doing some plyometrics. Do you know what plyometrics are, Rich? I feel like I've heard the term, and if you start describing it, I'll know what you're talking about, but I can't, like, it's one of those things, I'm like, I know what this concept is, but I can't link it to what the, the actual good. thing I'll is. Like, Does that make sense? The same thing for me in Pilates. I still, to this day, I know a lot of things about flit, fitness. I don't know what the fuck Pilates are, but anyways. Pilates is similar to yoga, I want to say. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in my. F- mm. I'm speaking very I'm, loosely. <laughs> I, I don't know what Pilates are. We'll just say that. Um, but anyway, so plyometrics are basically these um, these active based drills that try to improve your mobility and agility. So, for example, uh, bunny hops, where you just hop forward like a bunny in a set amount of time, that gets you used to starting and stopping. Um, you can do things called bounding, which are basically skipping as far and as high as you can. Um, those kind of drills. And it's good for uh, agility-based sports like basketball or soccer or football. And um, it's good for muscle memory, all sorts of shit. But anyways, so my students were uh, scheduled to do that on the day that I went. And they're the the plyometrics where you have to stand on your cat or on your tippy toes and walk a distance. And if you don't normally train your calves, it fucking burns. So we did probably uh, twelve sets of that. And um, first, it was just walking on your tippy toes, and then it was like bringing your leg up and or your knees up, and like doing all sorts of shit. And my fucking calves were burning. And then uh, one of the girls. Uh, other girls in that club next day is like hey are you coming today and i was like oh do you want me to come today and she's like yeah and i was like all right sure i'll go and so we had to do that again and i was like i fucking hate you calves are burning and then the the teacher's like okay we're doing endless relay today and i was like that's no problem like i got long ass legs i'm taller than all these motherfuckers i'm gonna outrun all of them and it was teams of four and uh I was, I was, uh, everybody wanted me on their team because, of course, I'm tall and everyone assumes that I'm going to be able to outrun everybody. And that was their first mistake uh, because <laughs> I was not ready for the endless relay, Rich. I huh. was not fucking. So, how do you know when it ends, though? Well, that, I, we didn't know. That's when the someone thing dies. The teacher knows. <laughs> no, when somebody falls over and dies, which was me. But, anyways, we were running around the, the field of the school, which is about a half a, kilometer um which means nothing to the americans whoa whoa, what the fuck does that even mean spaceman (laughs) (laughs) you're right but um anyways split into four so we started out and um there's one team that was like kind of pulling ahead of us from the beginning and i made a lot of ground in the first my first run and then i was like i was feeling pretty good and then the second one came around and then two people, two teams were ahead of us. There were four teams. And so I made up a lot of ground again. And then 
after that second one, I'm sitting there fucking dying. I'm like, wait, I'm in my 30s and I don't practice sprinting at all. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, granted, I'm in my early 30s, so I'm still okay. It's funny, but actually. I, was like, I haven't been practicing sprinting for years. I haven't yeah, done why relays. would you? Well, I, well I do, uh, I, I, uh, what I mean is, sports. like, unless you're training track and field constantly. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I, sh- I could probably still do it because I play basketball, which would be really beneficial for that. But um, I do need to start doing more sprint work. It, but anyways, it, it, yeah. Yeah. That, it is what it is. That's exhausting. Well, yeah, so the th- they're coming around for the third pass, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, fuck, no, no. And, like, <laughs> I, jog- I jogged that third one because I was like, I, f- I felt like I was going to Dude, as long vomit. as you're still moving, like, you know, do what you could do. Like, pu- if you're pushing yourself a little bit, that's good. It- well, yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like I was going to vomit. Well, it sounds like so more like, than a little bit here. third one. And then we ended up getting third place of four. And I wasn't the worst hey, one on the team. that's not last, but- yeah. I- but I'm going to tell you right now. That afterwards, like, I was fucking, all the students were like, yeah, whatever, they're a little bit tired, but they're like, whatever. I'm fucking gassed, dude. Like, I'm driving home a half hour later, or back to the train station so I can go home. I'm still fucking panting, trying to catch my my breath, and I was like... Dude, we're old. Well, I, like, yeah, I, I didn't realize that I was that out of shape, like, in terms of, um, like, in comparison to them. Like, I still think I'm in pretty good shape for... Um, my age and where I'm at in my life, but I didn't probably realize like the the disparity. The, the average male of your age, I'd say you're probably in better shape than than half at least. But I, I, I would say so. Yeah, but I didn't realize like the disparity of like how in shape they are versus how out of shape I am. And uh, I, I had a headache for a few hours, and I was like, "This is the worst." I mean, not really, but I was like, "Man, this is." I hate being out of shape, and so, um, yeah, I think I'm going to start introducing more sprint work into my my week. Well, like, it, uh, it's yeah, it's funny you bring that up in in terms of exercise um, because I had a similar experience actually. Um, I've been trying to to get myself to get more cardio in since I bought that VR headset since I bought the Oculus. Yeah. I've been looking at reviews of like good cardio like VR fitness apps and stuff. And I sideloaded using the the video library thing a free Steam uh, workout game called VR Workout. Okay. Now this fucking game, dude. I'm gonna keep using it because I found it like by the time I was done, I was like, holy fuck! Uh, after doing this for like a half an hour. Um, yep. It's one of these games that's totally free, and when you fire it up, it's like, hey, bro, just so you know, this game is not going to warn you if you're about to collide with something, (laughs) so be cool. The entire premise of this game is once you set it up, it tells you to put the controllers down. All it is is you can take music from your computer or music that's pre-installed in the software, you set up a playlist for however long, and then it just gives you a spot on the floor that you're supposed to run in place, the music will start, and it'll be like, sprint! And it'll be like, now do (laughs) push-ups! Now jump. Jesus. Now sprint again. <laughs> now do sit like now do sit ups. And I did this for half an hour and I thought I was going to fucking die. But like, yep. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, if it's working, that's fine. Like, fuck sit ups. But yeah, if if it's working for you, go for it. Dude, there's yeah, a certain point where like, I think towards the end, it was having me do sit ups again. I'm like, I fucking can't. I'm just going to keep like at a jogging in place plane until it goes to the well, next thing. Well, sit-ups are so f- bad for your lower back and your lumbar spine. They're really fucking bad well, for your Especially body. if you do them wrong. I, I try not even to do full sit-ups. I don't even know what they're... Cl- you know the thing where, like, you keep your arms straightened down and you just... Yep. Is that more of a crunch? 
yeah i mean it's all kind of fairly similar but yeah it's like anything where you're compressing your internal organs like that is not optimal for your body so pooping um, is also bad that like when you're doing any kind of core workout stuff you want to make sure it's not always the case not always the case um you have things like bends and stuff like that but it's good to keep your core as flat and stable as possible because you're actually trying to prevent um like you have things called anti-extension or anti-rotation things like that that basically you want to keep your core um as stable as possible and there are exceptions like if you're training your obliques which are the muscles on the sides um of your body then yeah you you're gonna have to do some rotational stuff to kind of really target those but Mm -hmm. um for the most part yeah sit-ups are just god awful and there's so many better ways to get that burn and it's better for your body but yeah it's I mean, I could t- I'll tell you some exercises off the air, like in, in place of sit-ups that will give Secret you just exercises. as much of a burn. But yeah, this is uh, now uh, the somehow, exercise podcast. Uh, yeah, Chunk somehow test. it's a health and wellness podcast. Hey, uh, well, you know what? Whoever had that on their bingo card for 2021, m- mark that down. But um, yeah, let's get into some topic and games and various shit, man. So podcast stuff. Yeah, actual podcast stuff. So um, I chose this topic this week. Um, It was something that we kind of buried in the Trello and hung out there for a while. And it's something that I feel like is a great time to talk about because we've just been seeing remaster after remaster after remaster. And we've been seeing some really great remakes over the past few years. And uh, last year, it was kind of a topic that um we we discussed internally and um we kind of we had different varying opinions regarding should they be considered for game of the year discussions um we we all felt i i i think some of us felt similarly similarly and some of us felt differently and um i thought it'd be a really interesting discussion to kind of have as at the end of the year, when we assemble to talk about our games of the year, should those games be allowed to be put on our personal lists? And also, when uh, publishers or publications are releasing their game of the year um, lists at the end of the year, should those games, remasters, and remakes be allowed to be put on that list? I, I think it's there's there's a lot of nuance to that conversation. A lot of people, um, which we'll get into the listener comments later, basically feel like i think the general consensus is remasters no remakes yes um that's not not gonna obviously that's not everybody but i think that's kind of like the general consensus but i think there's so much more nuance to that to it than yeah that. and no, so nothing's quite that simple also those no. terms are not exactly cut and dry so no and i think that's going to be really fun to discuss today so um i actually want to i'm going to frame it in a few different ways um i think I don't want to frame it in the personal versus publication way. I think I want to frame it as the remaster versus the remake. Um, Not that they're against each other, but I want to discuss the remasters and then I want to discuss the remakes because they are two different things in effect. And I feel like a lot of people kind of get those mixed up and to a clarify the difference there, but B also 
clarify our own personal thoughts and feelings on those I think would be more interesting. So I want to discuss the the remasters first. Um, Rich, how would you classify a remaster? Oh, well, here's the thing. Like, like I said earlier, I don't think those terms are as interchangeable as they want to be because people use them pretty willy-nilly. But if we're going to cut and dry the way I look at it, a, a remaster is typically a fresh coat of paint over an existing game. It's a port with some slight visual work, um, maybe some audio reworking. But typically... For me, it's something using the same source code. It's the same source code. We've gussied it up. We've put a fresh coat of paint on it. We're putting it back out. Not that there's no work involved, but it is It is not a from-the-ground-up remake. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there can be some quality-of-life uh, changes that make the game play a little bit better and a little bit more modern. A lot of the other things that you mentioned, but it's not a complete overhaul or overtooling of anything. But there's such uh, a, a weird like line there too, because arguably like Crash the Insane Trilogy is a remaster. It uses the original source code and yes. just asset replaces. But I think that was the first game for me that started to sort of blur the line. I still feel like that's a re- remaster because the game very much plays the same. Like all uh, the buttons do the same. By thing. the definition of what I said, it, it is because it uses the exact same source code. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, the lines become a little bit more blurred in something like a a Saga Frontier, actually, where, yes, it, the fresh coat of paint is there, but they added new content. On top of that, they... But did anyone really notice change, that? They really changed the way the combat is played in that it allows you to flee the combat, which completely changes how the original played. Um, that's a big portion of the original. Uh, they changed... Um, a lot of other various things where this isn't the soccer frontier episode, so I won't get too much into it, but they changed a lot of those things that really changes the way the gameplay is played. Um, that to me is where the lines blur a little bit more, but I still think it's a remaster because there's no major overhaul to over that half of those like systems. Qual- quality of life stuff, um, which it, I think yeah. is good. And I think you'll see a lot of that in remasters. And for, for one, um, you told me about that fleeing thing. I think that's a great addition because when you told me you couldn't do that in the original, I was me like, wow, that sounds like I would never want to play that. Dude, it was fucking brutal back in the day. Um, yeah, it, I think that it, the, the, there has to be a major overhaul to over half of the systems for me to like consider it a remake um, sure. on top of everything we've kind of just that you and I have briefly mentioned here. And so there have been a we've seen a lot more remasters than remakes because obviously remakes are are a big undertaking. You're essentially, in my opinion, creating an almost brand new game um, with some source material. So I, I it's almost like to, an adaptation. Yeah, that that was yes. the, the way I felt about the Resident Evil Two remake, for example. Like that's a different yeah. fucking game. That yeah. is, we made a game based on Resident Evil Two. <laughs> right, right. So remasters for me. I don't think when it comes to like publications that they should be eligible for the game of the year. Um, and that's that I think that goes the same for us. Like if I wanted to try and slip the saga frontier remaster into our game of the year stuff, I don't, I don't think that would work. But now if I don't see any reason it shouldn't be eligible if it, you know, if it holds a candle to that, like this is no knock on saga frontier, but like, 
if you felt it was worth mentioning, we'd mention it. It's undeniably dead in the water, like, in terms of being the game of the year. But if you felt strongly enough about it to be like, you know, I think it's in the conversation for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I do, like, at a publication sense. Like, if we're releasing the Sword Chomp top five games of the year, I think that's a problem um, for me to try and insert that. Because the first time I played that game was in the 90s. Uh, when the game originally dropped, and I, it's I just don't believe as good it. now. I mean, yeah, it's just as good now, but it's been there for twenty plus years, so I don't feel like it should qualify for any kind of publications top games of the year. But if we're talking about my personal list, yeah, absolutely, I think it should be eligible for for the top games of the year for my personal list. And here's why: you have the changes, which. Granted, yes, the gameplay and everything is largely still the same, but if you're making quality of life changes, if it isn't just a graphics overhaul, there's other small changes in there, that's going to change how you play the game first and foremost. Second, when I played that game when I was in my early teens, I was a very different person than I am now um, and analyzing it differently. You know, being as, and this is something that we like briefly mentioned last week, is with us reviewing games now and just um and was that game relocalized i'm not sure like is it a new script treatment because honestly i think that totally changes the conversation about whether it should be eligible or not to be honest with you i'm not sure i'm not sure um but you know we re- us reviewing games and l- looking at them with an analytical eye as long as we have now i look at games differently than i did 20 25 years ago so it's it's a different approach for me. It's a it's a different way of looking at the game. And if I still sure. think it holds up, yeah, sure. Nostalgia is going to be partially carrying that along. There's no de- denying that. There's no complete objectivity when it comes to analyzing those kinds of things. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I still think that in that case, it very much should be allowed to be on my personal list because it's something that I played this year that I really enjoyed. There's enough that sets itself apart from the original. I mean, why not? It's not like I'm trying to um, say, hey, uh, I played Legend of Dragoon this year finally for the first time, and I think that should be on my 2021 game of the year list. It's not like I'm trying to pull a tricky dicky like that over. This game dropped this year, this remaster, and there's enough that sets itself sets itself apart from the original and that's just one of many examples so for me that's where i'm at um how do you feel about this rich um i think it's very case by case and i i I think anything should be eligible if it's released in that year um but you're gonna find cases where it's it's obvious something hangs and obvious something doesn't um like if you wanted to say you you think saga frontier remastered is the game of the year you're more than welcome to as far as I'm concerned, but no one here is going to agree with you on that. I think you'd be hard-pressed to to find that sort of support. Yeah, um, yeah right. Remaster or not, I think anything released in the calendar year is eligible. And your point about Legend of Dragoon, that's why I'm still an advocate for the Best Old Game Award. Um, <laughs> best best game I played for the first time this year. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a cool thing. That's a cool category. Like, I think it would be cool to have a cool, like, best remaster um category yeah yeah no i think that's also totally valid to uh but like in my head that wouldn't mean you couldn't have a remaster in the game of the year running probably not going to happen um but i i would never take it off the table in my in my own own opinion okay 
Okay, fair enough. I mean, for personalists, yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, oh, certainly not there. I'm not going to tell you what you. <laughs> be like, no, you can't say that's one of the 10 best games of the year for you personally, you sack of shit. Right. And I think the way we do things here is a little bit different as well, is because we kind of like. We try and vote to get those at the top of the list. So, um, yeah, I mean, in all theory. The- in all. What am I trying to say? I I could, if I want, in theory, to try and convince you guys to put a remaster on the list. But yeah, it's it's. I don't think any of us would agree that that's a fair case. So for me, remasters is kind of a. I think that's the more difficult of the two, because I think remakes. Remake is. I think we already said is like that's a new like Final Fantasy VII remake. Is a game that is loosely based on Final Fantasy VII. It uses the same overall plot, but it is entirely different. Entirely well, different. Yeah, and that's well. Same it goes uses, for RE2 like, remake. The the setting is the same. Um, as of now, obviously there's going to be more uh, installments. So we'll see how much that changes in the future. Expansion and the basic the basic skeletal structure. It, like to me, it reminds me of you move into a house and you're in the living room and there are all these memories that, um, that are made in this living room. And then you add a fresh coat of paint and you change the light fixtures around and you change the positioning of where the furniture is going to be from the last tenant and everything. Like the basic skeletal structure is there. Those memories are there. Um, like the, the, the way the function of the, of the room works is still very much similar, but there are new stories being told there based off of those old stories that have already been told. It's not a perfect analogy. I can't think of a better one I, off the top of my head. I, I, sit at, I sit at my desk looking at a copy of Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1. I turn, I turn to the rest of the game designers. This game has good bones, I say. Right. and I mean, that's the thing is um, I don't want to use Final Fantasy VII Remake as the only example because you no. and I are both very very much into that game because but... resident evil 2 remake is just as good right but for me final fantasy 7 completely i mean the a lot of the basic stuff of the story is still there but they have completely said to hell with what we did in the original story we're gonna carve out a new story possibly um well yeah possibly i should say but there, there's so much there that how could you not consider that its own entity whether or not you like it whether or not you consider it a part of a part of a game like you're spending 60 dollars on only a fraction of the game whatever whatever criticism you have there that's the same Um, thing i said when people were going to see the lord of the rings i was like it's only part of a story what's wrong with you idiots uh, the Hobbit would be the better case made there, oh, yeah, I think. That's, that's a really good point. I had a much better example. Yeah. <laughs> and I just Yeah, the go. Hobbit's the much bigger example. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, you consider some of those other remakes, like Resident Evil 2 and 3, whether or not you like them or the quality or what have you. Um, I do. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening was another really big remake in um, the really past like, few yeah. years. There have been some really good remakes, and to me... They they very much deserve to be considered for game of the year, both personal list and publication list, because they are they are their own game. Metroid two. Um even if it's based off based off of the bones of another game, they're still their own game. Resident Evil two, man, that was another really good, amazing game that um that expanded so much upon the original. Like there's so much more you can do or 
the original Resident Evil 2. There's so much more you can do in that game. And it, it captures the essence. Um, I think that's kind of the point. The of remake the original, captures but it, it's the essence. Arguably, but it, I think it's clearly something different at the same time. Right. Like right. It, it, exactly. it is telling that story with modern sensibilities and made like a modern game. And it's decidedly different. Resident Evil 3, arguably, they made some weirder choices and cut some stuff that I really liked. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think it even goes beyond that, like the modern sensibilities conversation. I think it kind of speaks back to what I was talking about with the remasters, where those people who are remaking the game, it's not all the 100% the same personnel, first and foremost. Oh, it's definitely almost none of them. Right. And on top of that, even if there are people involved that were involved with the original, like Nobuo Uematsu worked on the music for Final Fantasy VII to some degree, that this is decades later this person or this group of people who are working on both the original and the remake they're in different places in their life they're also they probably can look people at it and... who got Go into this industry because of that game like right exactly it, it, it's a, a remake that's likely designed by people that are fans of the thing that they're paying homage to and i think that shines through yeah yeah exactly exactly and to to me i don't I I get why certain people don't really want to consider a remake, but I I just I think you're ignoring the sheer amount of work that people are putting into um those games and I think that they are far far enough removed from the source material that they stand out as their own game. I I mean it to to me it's like when I'm listening to music and there's somebody who takes a, a, a song and they sample it and make it their own song and it feels like a completely different song, but it still captures the essence of the original. Yeah. Um, obviously that's going to be more of like a rap and hip hop example, but there are other examples. There are examples of that in rock and country and other songs as well. And it's like, I think that that is probably the, better comparison than what i tried to do before (laughs) with my terrible analogy but no to me it stands out as like it very much should be considered as a personal game of the year contender if it's a remake and also as a publication i think um i agree like yeah yeah i i i can imagine that people feel this way um about games they don't really care about but I think if somebody were to consider their, if they have a, an older game that's one of their favorite games of all time, and it gets a complete remake, not a remaster, but a complete remake where they do some imagining and some of the stuff doesn't work for you and a lot of the stuff does, then they would feel similarly. Like with with me with the Final Fantasy remake, Final Fantasy Seven was one of my favorite games of all time. The remake was phenomenal. And there were some things about the remake that I fucking hated that weren't in the original. And that's fine. Like the I'd rather hate something brand new, like a, a certain aspect of it, than not get a remake at all. You know what I mean? I Like there are certain aspects of that, that remake that set itself apart from the original that I fucking just hated. And it wasn't because I was being, I was like, oh, this is just, uh, this is not the original um, which actually, which actually speaks more to the point that it should be considered its own game. But on top of that, it was just like there were just some things that didn't jive with me. 
And I think that that also speaks to the fact that it's its own game. It sets itself apart. So, yeah, I I, I don't feel like for me that there's much of a discussion there um, because there, yeah, no, there's same. so many different aspects. But remasters, I understand there being more of a nuanced discussion. I think there's I understand. a lot. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I uh, I think I understand. If you're ready, though, for people, Shay, to sign more off on remakes and saying they're detrimental, I'm really looking forward to FF7 Remake Part 2 because I think you're going to have a lot more people turn on it once they finally hear somebody say Cat Sheath out loud. Cat Sheath? Yeah. That is how it's pronounced. Who? who, who? Is, you probably know as Kate Seath. Kate Sith? It's Kate Kat, Sith? Cat Sheath. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah no, people Nobody are already... says it right. <laughs> Everyone was like freaking out over Aerith instead of Eris. Like, Which is just correct. It, it was a translation issue the first time. Aerith. That's her name. It's motherfucker. Yeah, I can't wait for somebody to hear uh, Katshith out loud. And also, I really hope they do what I would consider the wrong thing, but is now the right thing. And the one time that character was voiced, you know, in the film and then in Dirge of Cerberus. Keep the ridiculous Scottish accent. I want that cat to have a Scottish accent. I mean, without jumping into spoilers, I don't see that happening. Cloud, why are you doing that? Why? Why not? They already did it in a movie and a game that they say is part of this universe. Well, mm. do it, you fucking cowards. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. I don't. There isn't. This is probably the shortest topic we're ever gonna do. We go. Stop shooting that. I kind of wanted to do this topic as a way to also clear up what game of the years for Sword Chomp are going to look like going forward. Um, I think Josh has mentioned it before as well. I think from here on out, we're probably going to do remasters as being allowed for our personal games of the years. But as a Sword Chomp group as a whole, when we vote for our personal game of the year when it comes to the end of the year, I don't think remasters would be eligible for... Um, those the the sword chomp official list but remakes are considered for both lists personal and as a publication list um absolutely there's no argument there so that's part of the reason why i wanted to do this topic too is to like clear that up and it's something i've been wanting to do for six months actually after we did our last (laughs) or five months as we did our last game of the year stuff so it was like years um, ago I feel that feels like forever ago that we did that doesn't show, it? those shows, doesn't it? It do, it do indeed. Let's read a few listener comments um, before we tie up this topic. Mister Corn Space said, "I personally think remakes should be considered. There's considerable amount of work that is involved in building a new engine, skinning wireframes up, and bringing nitrate of audio up in quality. I think there's a typo there. <laughs> Remaster is a no." And I think that's very similar to what um, Rich and I are saying here, uh, minus the nitrate. And uh, nope, I agree <laughs> with the nitrate. I don't, I don't know what that's. Yeah, but yeah, no, I. I'm on I your like side, the... dude. Yep, yep. Kilted Gamer said remakes should be counted without a doubt. Remasters on a case by case basis, depending on if it was just some graphical tweak, bug fixes, or full on gameplay updates, which is I think very similar to what you were saying, Rich. Yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. I think we're on, we're on the same page there. Dog Rules 23. Never. Their time for Game of the Year was when they first came out. I will die on this hill. Um, 
And uh, I understand people feeling this way because it's like, when, when does it end? If I, if I, if I'm a game company, I just wanted 20 years from now to remake the remake of Final Fantasy VII. When does it end? Kind of thing. But... Well, uh, again, it's not like the Lord of the Rings film series. If 10 years from now somebody completely does a different adaptation of Lord of the Rings, you wouldn't tell them they're not eligible for Best Picture. It's the same thing. It's a different team of people making a totally different product. It's true. It's true. I mean, like, imagine if somebody took. Which would be one of the weirdest things in the world. Taking Citizen Kane, remaking it, and it somehow ended up being better than the original. Would you say, oh, I'm sorry. Can't be considered for... Um, and I'm sure some people would. They're, they're sitting there like, uh, yeah? Duh. Like, no shit. Dumbass. Call it Rosebud. That's how you get around it. Hey. Yeah. But I, I just, yeah. I... Dog rules, love you, man. I just, I can't go on that journey with you on that one. Shit we respect real. you for sticking to your guns. Yes, that, that, there we go. Yes. Shit ain't real said, I think it's unfair to compare a remake like Spyro or Cr- Crash with a remake like Final Fantasy VII. Crash and Spyro are just a new coat of paint slapped on the same game with minor mechanic changes for the better. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a whole new game with voice acting. True. New characters. New storylines and completely new battle system animations and upgrade systems. I think it's important to consider its own thing entirely. And yeah, and that kind of speaks to what Rich was saying earlier. I believe those Spyro, the Spyro trilogy and the Crash trilogy are just remasters. Yes, They're they just are. Remasters. They are really well done, gorgeous fucking remasters, but they are just remasters. Exactly. Like there, there's nothing being remade. You know, um, I guess, I guess some of the they had to remake some of the the character animation and stuff for it, right? Because there wasn't some of the yeah, source material um, for that. But they, so that they, 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 they that were working. That technically is a remake, then. Well, no. Again, it's an arbitrary distinction. They were working from the original code. I don't think it was. It's not the work of something like a Final Fantasy VII remake. It is a basically a shot for shot. It, it's weird to say, but let's call it this in the world of video games. Those are basically shot for shot remakes. Yeah, it's like it's more like to me when I consider a remake, I I consider like so many aspects of the game are being overhauled. Whereas like Crash and Spyro, they're technically remakes because um, they they they're use asset the source swaps. material for everything in terms of technological. So so the technological aspects, some of that is being remade. Yes, and to be but, fair, a, a lot of what they changed on the tech side, I know for example with Crash, um, a lot of the jumping mechanics were changed because when they changed the assets, it didn't work correctly right so they're like okay now we need to fix this thing and again no slam on those games those are amazingly well done um same goes for like uh the the recent tony hawk remake that was one of my favorite fucking games of last year it was on my my personal list like fucking phenomenal that those games even took mechanics that didn't come into play until later tony hawk games um right but they are just re- remasters in a sense, but with a little bit more. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a hard distinction to make because certain aspects of the game can be remade, but it doesn't feel like a remake, if you know what I mean. So, uh, God game guy one said, yes, if it's significant, if it's a significantly different game, no, if it's just a graphics update example, mass effect can't be 2021 game of the year. 
Although you guys should add a best remake slash remastered category to their legendary Sword Chomp Game of the Year podcast. And I told him that's exactly why we're asking this question, boyo. Because it's going to be going on our list somewhere. Tawny said, we just have a few more uh, listener comments really quickly. If you played Mass Effect for the first time with a legendary edition, why shouldn't it be your game of the year for this year? Games are here to entertain us, and if it's a new experience for you, it should definitely count. As far as an official game show for something like a BAFTA or a DICE or a game show, I think remakes should count like Link's Awakening was completely rebuilt from the ground up. That's basically a brand new 2D Zelda. And yeah, I I mean, again, that that fits very similarly into um, kind of our thoughts there. And I, I really like the distinction that uh, Tawny made that if if it's your first time playing a game, why shouldn't it be consi- be eligible for your personal game of the year list? Like that's why my the- best old game award idea comes in. We're really just this podcast is just you and me having a meeting about how we're changing game of the year, but we're recording it. <laughs> kind of in some ways, yeah, it is. But no, I, I feel like imagine last year there were so many people who were like, I don't get the hype behind Final Fantasy VII so many people are losing their minds over the remake and it's like well now you get to play the remake and understand why so many people lost their minds when the original came out uh i i mean it's the same for tony hawk it's the same thing for uh saga frontier this year it's the same thing for final fantasy 8 remastered a few years ago it's the same thing for shin megami tensei 3 i mean if i ended up playing that game which probably not likely just due to time constraints and i ended up falling in love with it why can't that be my personal game of the year? I mean, even though it came out years ago, it's my first time playing it. Why can't it be my personal game of the year? Totally, yeah. That That's sort of my argument when it comes to the case-by-case thing for remaster. Like, if you really came out swinging for me and be like, dude, I never played Shin Megami Tensei 3 back in the day. I have no frame of reference for it. I fucking adore this game. This is my game of the year. Like, I think that's a valid argument. Yeah, I do. I think so, too. <laughs> All right, we have two more quick listener comments. Uh, Mr. Ryan Schramm said, I think it's pertinent to include them in the Game of the Year awards for one reason and one reason only. To keep game companies honest so that those fuck faces remember where they came from. I'm so unbelievably sick of $70 games coming out unfinished, unpolished, and loaded to the fucking brim with unbelievably egregious microtransactions. If there's anything that makes my blood boil... It is seeing an unfinished piece of shit game with a paid-in-game currency that is forced down your throat on the marketplaces. Prime example, Mass Effect Andromeda, Conan Exiles. The list goes on and on and on. Hey, man, Conan At Exiles had a dong meter. I'm not done, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was, I, was, I was feeling this man's emotion and passion. At least games Isn't it from fun when you try and were... stand up and I laugh in your face? <laughs> At least games from 97 were full experiences and were held accountable. I'm sorry, go ahead and say what you want to say, Rich. I apologize. Uh, I was speaking out on Conan Exile's dong meter. Um, <laughs> what? It has a, there's a slider for your dick in that game. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I find it very hard to ever like really rally behind the like in 97 things were complete it's like no it's just when things weren't complete they didn't get fixed 
like maybe there's less of an incentive to get it right the first time now but like patching games is infinitely more beneficial than it is detrimental and I, I, I feel like sometimes I find myself getting into the old man yells at cloud uh, routine and it's just like nah th- things are just different now they're not inherently better or worse but when it comes to fixing issues um, and expanding upon things people like it's infinitely easier to do and I, I think that's a win win which is why remasters are such a big thing now yeah i mean i think that it's really easy to kind of get locked in that mentality of things were better when we were younger kind of thing i i, I find weren't. myself doing it too it's and the the thing i consider when it comes to older games is that there was not there weren't as many moving parts right the games were i think in in essence a little bit simpler to in certain ways they were a little bit simpler to code and make not even necessarily they were also a lot more obtuse and and people just went with it um i think that's probably the better way to word it yeah yeah it's 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 not to say they were easier i don't know that i'm not technologically savvy in that way so i can't really speak to what exactly how i want to say what i want to say but basically that games weren't as big back then in a lot of ways in a lot of ways the the art styles that were used were more difficult and they you know they had to push more to get everything they could out of it like to use polygons efficiently or like pixel art is infinitely more expensive than a lot of the solutions that are around now um and think about like how obtuse old games could be and how how it's cool to see like systems retooled and things remastered like right now on the uh, the NES SNES, uh, SNES Virtual Console on Switch, I'm replaying the first Breath of Fire. Dude, if, when I was a kid, I could just bang my head against that game. The first one, especially, is so ridiculous. Like, there's it's just an inventory full of items that isn't even really clear what they do. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, here's a weird thing from the original Breath of Fire that I forgot was a thing. In that game, every boss, when you drop its health, it doesn't die you gotta hit it a couple more times and there's no indicator of why <laughs> yeah yeah. The, the, there's a lot of those little things that you don't even think about um but I I think it's interesting like his point I don't ex- entirely disagree with it because I feel like games that released during that time did come out on average more polished not always but I think on average um because I think I don't think you're wrong about that, but the the ones that weren't, that was it. That was the yeah. game, and that's yeah. what I, I say is, is the negative about that. Like, um, Josh and I have talked before about on the show, the PS1 release of Final Fantasy VI um, it, that came in, like, an anthology thing. There's yeah, a part anthologies. towards the end. Yeah, there's a, there's a timing-based puzzle that's incredibly difficult to do on the PS1 because they didn't change the clock speed from a cart-based game. Yeah. And that's just yeah. the way that game exists. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate when those kind of things happen. I think that games came out more polished because there was no adding updates and fixing the things. So, like, they had to be... There was more incentive to get it right the first time. Exactly. But when they didn't, they were fucked. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure if we wanted to do the research, we could go back and figure out some of those situations that completely hemorrhage and ruin studios also, because they released 
a garbage ass product. Also, um, when, I, when I say they were fucked, it's also not entirely true. Um, their hardware revisions, this is more common with, but there are instances, and I've researched it in the past, where games for like the first six months had this issue, but then if you pick them up afterwards, like they updated the source code and pressed new discs, and there were changes made. Like there were, you know, version 2.0s of games that were put out. Nobody was talking about it. It wasn't common knowledge, but it was happening. Yeah, and yeah. I, that's just, that's such an, a much more difficult way to go. Whereas now we see games that I think they, they're, there are, they are a little bit more lax in releasing them as completely fully, fully actualized finished products because they can update them as they go. And I think there's some leniency there and it's, it's good for the developers, I think in some ways, as long as they don't abuse it. And I think that's what probably uh, Ryan here is frust- frustrated about is probably he feels like some of these devs abuse that, and I can understand that. I mean, and that's more about seventy-seven is a hmm. prime example of that. Where, um, after delays, they released a very unfinished product, and they they're promising that it will the ship will be righted in due time. But still, I mean, same thing with No Man's Sky as well, and other that's, various um, games. And again, I think a lot of that's about more publisher pressure and things like less about the dev team. No dev team wants to ship a broken game. Um, right. But, you know, the powers that be, the people that sign the checks, tell you when things have to be out the doors, and they don't give a fuck. Speaking of which, keep your ear to the ground. I have a feeling CD Projekt Red's going to release some kind of Witcher collection to try and get some goodwill. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, it's it's such a complicated situation. I think there are so many moving parts to that, but I can understand his frustration of games not being as polished out the gate. I've felt that way before. Understandably, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something actually we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show with Biomutant as well. But yeah, I, I completely understand the frustration there. I do. I just think it's a more nuanced issue than just um, that. But I, I mean, like to his original point of including being able to include them on the game of the year, that way they're held accountable. I don't know if that would hold them more accountable or less accountable. Who knows? I don't know if that... It's hard to say. ...works. Okay. Let's read the last listener comment. It's from our buddy Bebop. I think it's completely on a case-by-case basis. Resident Evil 2 um, is is totally deserving not... Because not only did it completely overhaul the visuals and gameplay, but it also kind of reimagined aspects of the game or flat-out added material. Final Fantasy set or Final Fantasy 8 remaster on the other hand should not be because all that happened was an upres to the character models and an added speed setting. Remakes should probably get more difference in the conversation than any remaster because you're playing in almost every new way a brand new game instead of the same game with better textures. And I think that's pretty much we said what we said, and I think that sums it up perfectly, which is why I want to leave that for last. I think that's pretty much where we're at with that. Um, I know Josh isn't here to comment, but I think he feels fairly similarly if I if uh, memory serves. But um, yeah, more than likely. Yeah, let's speak for so, him since he's not here. Okay, I don't. Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about some games. Woo! So. If you want to hear about us actually talk about the games we've been playing this week, enjoy the commercial, and we'll be right back. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to The Chompcast. 
We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know, you're wondering... Well, hey, shit, tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts, such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game, often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you, and enjoy. And we're back. Thank you so much for waiting for us. Thank you for checking out um, the show. Um, Thank you for being here. We're going to talk about some games next. Uh, we have been playing Biomutant some more this week, uh, as much as we've been able to. I haven't been playing that much, to be honest with you, but Rich has been playing some, and we wanted to talk a little bit more about the game. Um, we pretty much had first impressions last week. We've been able to delve a little bit deeper into the game, and, um, I wouldn't say I'm quite, I would say I'm a little less high on it than I was last week, but I'm still pretty high on the game. Uh, where are you at right now with it, Rich? Um, it's fine. Uh, here's, here's where I am with this game. It feels like that tier of B game we used to get all the time in like the PS2 era that doesn't really happen anymore. And a lot of what's happening here, I started doing some research on the studio. Experiment 101 is an incredibly small studio, like smaller than you think. Um, Swedish based studio. And I think what happened here is I think they just kind of bit off more than they can chew. Um, This game has a lot of systems that are all really interesting on their face, um, but end up spreading themselves too thin, I think. Uh, That big patch came out that, like, made you be able to shut the narrator up. Very happy with that. Um, There's so much I really like in here that I just feel like it doesn't do enough where I wish they had bogged it down to focus a little more on like one or two of these systems and just really expand on them. Like I I adore this crafting system and I wish it did a little bit more like for anyone who's unfamiliar, the, the crafting system is basically just you assembling random crap. Like, it's like, I'm going to make a sword by taking this, like, handle from a bike and attaching a lawnmower blade to it, and then to up the attack stats, I'm going to attach some thumbtacks to the tip, and you can make all sorts of unique guns and hammers and swords. Um, Just really cool stuff that, like, even early on, I feel like I'm probably seeing all it has to offer, and I'm like, I wish this was a little bit more. And I could be proven wrong still, but it all feels really overly ambitious and then sort of ends up being uh, surface level, which sucks because so much of it is cool on its face. I think the aesthetic of the world is really gorgeous. Um, there's nothing yeah. about it that I would say is bad. It's just... It's surface level, and I, I yeah. agree with you. I, I agree with you for that, for a lot of that. I know that they're a very small studio, first and foremost. I do know that, which um, it is not a knock on what they've done. And if if anything, it's... I applaud them for trying so much. This game is is 
very big and very impressive in a lot of ways. The game is, quite frankly, massive as compared to the size of the studio. It reminds me a lot of uh, Hello Games with No Man's Sky, where they had a ton of ambition. and Maybe um, not the I resources think... to follow through, at least immediately. Right, right. I think they probably bit off more than they can chew. But that being said, I see the inkling, or not the inklings, I see the I see that there is a lot of potential there. And because they're a smaller studio, probably the resources are limited, it's going to take time to develop into what they probably fully actualize that game to be, or what they want it to be. And it reminds me a lot of the beginning of... Uh, no Man's Sky minus the major controversy and the death. I think that there there is a lot of promise that the that No Man's Sky had, and they didn't quite have the resources and everything to capitalize on. But that. look and at I that think, game now. Oh yeah, it's it's an amazing game now, and I see a lot of parallelism there with with um, this game so far in, in its inception and beginnings that. I think there were some things that were promised in their origin or in the original release of that in terms of like it being the crafting system being the most advanced thing to date, which it does. It does and doesn't feel that way. Like it has the potential to feel so much bigger than it is um, as of right now, as it stands. But I think if they see the success of this game, they see that people are really interested in this game, that they'll start putting more of the work in there for the game and um they've already they've already shown that they're willing to do that much in a hello games type of way um you know last week i came and said i i love the narrator and you're gonna love this rich um so sit back and uh, take a celebratory sip i i love the narrator at the very beginning of the game i love the way he starts you out with everything and tells you and everything and in the world he is fucking annoying my god Rich, you were right. I'm sorry. He sucks so hard. He it, it's know, not it's not it's not even the fault of the person who's delivering. Oh it. Like, no, not at all. It's the utilization like he, of it. it. Like a lot of the lines and shit that he says is just it's terrible. It's like and it's it's supposed to be quirky and it just does not resonate. And it's not all bad. Like just some of the stuff he says is just is stupid it, and it's it, less it about just, what he's saying a lot of the time a lot of times like dude can you shut up so we can move on well i, I don't mind that as much like oh, it, that's it makes the whole thing for me <laughs> well and i understand that uh, to me because a lot of people have been complaining that the world feels a little bit empty i think that kind of fills the void a little bit there so somebody having a voice there is not so bad for me it's just what he's saying like uh he, like today i was playing right before the podcast and he's like you shouldn't try and be the horse or your mount's friend. He's not your friend. I was like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything I'm doing right now? Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? Like, and there's just lines like that in there. And the thing is, it'd be one thing if I was complaining and I was just being a curmudgeon. But this guy talks all the fucking time in the overworld. All the fucking oh, time. Oh, I turned that down to zero. And... Um, well, the thing I wanted to say about that is it's cool because I think a lot of people did complain about that, and the studio heard that and made the necessary change, allowing you to control the level to which that narrator says shit. And I think that's a really that's a really promising um, 
that's really promising going forward for this game and for this company is that they're willing to listen to fan b- feedback and to make the necessary changes to make the game a more enjoyable experience for both the short term and hopefully eventually in the long term. That's can, really exciting. Um, that should be encouraging, if anything. Can we talk so, about uh, mm-hmm. my favorite bit of the writing, actually? And this isn't unique to Biomutant. I know tons of post-apocalyptic stuff has done this, but I just was thinking about it a lot this week. I would love to be the writer in charge of the team who's just coming up with the names for the old world things. Dude, I love, I love that. It's fucking adorable, and the humor's there. And yeah. that's when the narrator's at his best, is when he's talking about that that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's like, I should the rail really yards where the chugga-chuggas would rest. <laughs> right. Right, or the... Uh... What did what did they call the 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 turntable? I can't remember. I just played that. They, I don't. They I don't names. remember that one. Like they, they called the they were talking about the elevators. They called them the up and downs. Yeah, like they have these cute, endearing names for all the old human technology, and I think that's some of the best stuff in the game because uh, it's so small, but it's this it's this world building element. It's it's to tell you that like these it's the game is slated as a post post apocalyptic game. And it, I think it kind of, by doing those kind of things where people or the animals, the anthropomorphic animals have, don't really know the names of the original stuff, that that information has been lost and forgotten. And they've had to kind of develop their own names for it. And it's it's cool that the narrator kind of imparts to you what the animals are thinking about these objects, about these things. And... Like I said, I think that's when the narrator's at his best. Is like when you can find like, these um, bench press setups in the world that you use to increase your strength, and I think they're labeled as like muscle squeezers. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I do. Um, there's a lot of cute, quirky things um, that kind of relate the um, the the world that was to the world that currently is. And I think they, that the narrator, not the written narrator, the, uh, the, the narration in general, what the, the writing does such a good job with this game is building that connection between the two periods of this world. Um, how, how they sort of picked up the remnants of the society that existed before them and adapted it for their own uses. And you see the way they like interpret like, well, what was this thing for? So they have to come up with their own name for it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I really like, uh, I'm trying to think. I really like the loop of the game a lot. Um, I haven't done a lot of the side missions just because I, I'm, I'm starting to feel pressure to play other games and finish other games and stuff. And so, um, I also kind of want to allow the game to update and the, 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 the developers to kind of fix some of the stuff in the game before I really di- deep dive. So I've just been doing pretty much the main story stuff, like uh, taking over territories. If there's a small side mission that I happen to come across and it's, it's like a five minute thing where I go into a building and it's like, find all these items and kill this one guy. That's no problem. I'll spend the five minutes to do that. But I mean, um, also you can rest on weapons now, Shay, the Jagney staff is the best weapon in the game. Is it really? Cause I've been it's, using it. It is. I don't know if you can get other staffs at that point. If you can, like, I would want one. But, like, that weapon type, and I think it might be the only one, is just so much more versatile than a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, that staff, like, when you start unlocking all the various abilities for that staff, it's insane. It's, like, 
I, I was doing this attack where you pick up an enemy on the end of the staff and you just slam them in the ground. Yeah. And there's another one where you just, like, bull rush with a blazing uh, streak of fire behind also, you. Also, you can, like, get air time by that. Like, you spin it like a helicopter blade when yes. you jump and you can kind of yes. keep yourself in the air. Yeah. Um, it's really good for juggling multiple enemies. Well, that's one thing I really like about the game is I feel like the studio's taking the time to take each weapon or each style and make it so stylistic and i really love that and i think that's where some of the comparisons even unarmed is really viable if you just pour points into wang fu yeah yeah absolutely i just love that the studio wanted to make things stylistic i really appreciate that they took the the time and the care to do something like that which makes trying new weapons interesting and fun because you want to see visually how that plays out on the screen and you want to see the the different abilities that you can use and what they look like with the different weapons so for me at least that's how i felt yeah Um, it's it's cool the crafting system is a i will say it's cool it's also a little bit perplexing sometimes tedious it's tedious and it's a little bit perplexing um on top of that i don't feel any incentive to make weapons because i feel like like you mentioned i i haven't seen anything better than the staff and i feel like why would i because that staff is so good to be fair i did make um i made a radioactive hammer smusher i believe is the damage type that it's called or a crusher or something like that crusher yeah um that thing's a goddamn powerhouse occasionally i whip that out because even on big guys it just chunks him yeah yeah, and I mean, that's cool, but I just, I feel like at this point that I have zero incentive to make a weapon. I feel no reason. The 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 armor that I, I do the armor pretty much is where I do a lot of the customization because then it improves your armor so drastically. It can, yeah. It, to put add-ons. Oh, There's yeah, you'll no... take like a little scrap of metal and just clip it to your shirt and... Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's a ton of benefit to to doing that, but um, in terms of the weapons, I don't at this point I don't really feel the incentive there. And I'm dual wielding um, pistols, and I feel pretty comfortable with that for my guns. Yeah, no, oh, that's fun. That'd be fun. Um, the I felt like at the beginning, I feel uh, I should preface this and say I feel like the the progression is a little bit off. Like at the very beginning, I felt like I was getting a lot more spells early on. And now, be, due to basically how you build your character and everything, that that can kind of stagnate very, very quickly. A lot of late, later spells are locked behind alignment, which is why I talked yes. about last week how it's actually very easy to flip-flop your alignment in this. Mm. Um, and worth it to do so for just that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but even if you're not doing a lot of the side mission stuff to get enough in one particular alignment takes a while it takes a while to like for example there's a spell that i want to get next but and i have plenty of um progression points but because i don't have 10 light um in the slot i have nine and i've been sitting at nine for a while because i haven't been doing any um other side quests and whatnot that it hasn't popped for a while to where i could get that new spell yeah and so if it feels like my progression is kind of stagnated a little bit um Um, you'll find a lot more getting points for that especially like you'll find shrines you can pray to that just give you a point like um 
if you're out there exploring the world a lot, you'll start tripping over that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that that actually brings me to the next point. I said this last week and I'm going to double down on this this week. The people who are complaining that there's that the world is empty, I don't fucking understand that at all. Like, I I no, I get what they mean. There's not a lot in terms of like settlement and like community and there is a lot of big empty stretching plains of nothingness. A lot of it's really pretty. There is shit to find there. You really have to poke around though. Um, I don't even feel that way for at like all. Un- I don't think in the starting the starting area is really cluttered. When you get closer to the tree of life and things start to sort of branch out, there is a lot of nothingness in spots. Dude, I don't. Yeah, I haven't come across that at all. I mean, like, like I told you, I I, I was close to the beginning. Now I'm taking over another territory, which is not a lot further away, but it's a little bit further away. And I still feel like I'm constantly running into things. I'm running into an area that is uh, that has a bunch of poisonous fog. I'm running into one of those things that you have to hop through to get the seed to tame a mount. Um, I'm running into one of the totems that you smash to get scrap for. I'm constantly running into that stuff, dude. I have never felt like an expanse is just complete nothingness unless I'm backtracking instead of fast traveling. That's the only time I've ever felt that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it happens. It happens more and more. Um, I think I'm mostly okay with it because you can get around relatively fast, especially with mounts. And uh, it, it, even when there's nothing, it's pretty to look at. It's a pretty world. Well, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a gorgeous game, so it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. The only thing that I would say is a is a downside of that is I don't. I feel bad saying this. I don't think the music is interesting enough. I I actually took a note about this last night, and it's funny you say that. Because I feel like at times they're teetering on trying to do, like, the super simplistic, like, Breath of the wild S thing. Yes. And it just doesn't quite hit the same note. <laughs> oh, same same music. note. Music. Music. <laughs> 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 note. <laughs> <laughs> can you like can what you the like fuck? what are we doing can you like shut up <laughs> totally <laughs> but um no i the music just when when the battles are happening i love the music when the battles are over it's super simplistic and it's not interesting enough to be simplistic and i hate saying that because i don't I don't like judging harshly like that, but it's the truth for me. I, I haven't really been enjoying the, the music when I'm exploring it. It does nothing for me. And, um, and it's not to I say I started listening bad. to it's podcasts just... while I play it. <laughs> there you go. I, yeah. I, I, I'm doing other things. I'm, I'm watching NBA games or I'm, yeah, listening to something else. But, um, yeah, I, I wish the music was a little bit more interesting in those kind of sparse exploring sections because I think that would kind of quote unquote make up for those more barren areas, possibly. Um, yeah, totally. But you yeah, again, I, I don't right. really feel like I've encountered any of those barren landscapes, and maybe I will. Maybe I will come back next week and be like, "Hey, I changed my mind again." Oh, you, you know? will. It will happen to you. It will happen to you too. Um, overall, I would say. Uh, the loop can get a little bit samey, but I don't mind. I've, I really enjoyed the loop despite it being very samey. I feel like yeah, the battles are never, mind. the battles are never 
too long to where I'm like, all right, I'm just fucking button mashing and running to the next area to button mash. It feels like that in terms of that, the progress is constantly moving. The most time I ever spend is looking for an item. Like if it's a, it's a really good piece of loot and I'm in a specific area that tells me I need to find some of that loot. Then yeah, I feel like I'm spending a little bit of time looking for that, but it never really bothers me too much except when there's like a, really tough i don't know are they like like pseudo bosses are they mini bosses that they, come they out? are they are straight up labeled mini boss okay yeah if you look at their those... health bar it says mini boss with a dash next to it okay i didn't realize it said mini boss when when i come across those mini bosses and i'm looking for shit it's like fuck off you know but once you go in a building i'll be with you in a minute <laughs> yeah the they leave you alone, which is pretty cool. One thing that... Okay, there are two last things I want to mention. One that really bothers me is the... I don't know what the technical term is, but basically enemies only operate within a field. And are you talking I, about when I, they get their health back? Well, that, that that's what I was about. I was going to allude to yeah, all that's of what this. I, so if you leave this enemy's area, which basically they are tethered to... Not only do they gain their full health back, which is annoying, uh, on top of that, you can't make enemies fight each other because they. it seems like the company or the developers have specifically gated it off to prevent you from doing that. From kiting so, enemies, yeah. So I was fighting this mini boss in um, this abandoned town, and I started running away so I could heal, and I see there's a little archway a little ways from me so i ran over there and then there were some enemies from a rival tribe there so i was trying to get them to fight each other but because they're tethered to a certain area they wouldn't go to each other and that i fucking that's some of the stuff i loved about elder scrolls is when you can make enemies fight each other and you just sit back and you kind of sit there clacking your fingers yeah. together as a mastermind that shit's really fun and you can't do and that with a game, game that's filled with factions this would have been a super cool game to do that in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I even think of something like, uh, I know this is not a perfect comparison, but cameo that, that, uh, that website that, where I can pray Christopher Maloney to wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> no, not that the, the launch title for the Xbox 360, that, um, cute game that had, yeah, I, I know the game you're talking about. Yeah. The 2006 game that, that game was such a revelation at the time just because of how many enemies it could fit on the screen at one time. It, it was paved a the way for 360 like launch Rising. title, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. It was the launch title for the 360. Oh, I, mi- I missed that bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but it was amazing at the time, and it feels like this game, obviously, due to limited resources and the the rendering of the stunning backgrounds, that I feel like if that's what people are talking about, that there are not enough enemy-like clashings and whatnot... Sure, I'm on board with that because I would love to see four factions fighting each other in like a mini fucking war. Like, um, and you do see it sometimes, but it seems more purposely scripted for an area. Like, you'll walk in and see like the Jagni and the Myriad going at it, and uh, early on, before you've picked the side, <laughs> you can just like not know who you should be attacking and just jump into the middle of a fight, start killing everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I would love to I would love to see granted it becomes a little bit more difficult as you start taking over different air uh different tribes, but I would love to just be randomly 
uh, traipsing around on my mount. And then all of a sudden I look over to the right in this forest and there are four tribes people just fucking duking it out or some shit. The guys who are just like football players fighting the fucking samurai guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have... That would have been some cool shit. And maybe that will come in a future update. Who knows? Who knows? But Who's um, the other big issue I had, I mean, I've had, I wanted to talk a little bit about bugs and glitches. Um, I've had a lot of frame rate issues on my PS4. Um, I have the base model PS4. I've had a lot of frame rate issues personally. Um, I've had one audio glitch where um, I was fighting some enemies and the music never queued up. And then suddenly in the middle of the, the battle, all of a sudden it starts getting epic. Like, it wasn't like a fade-in. It was just like, just started epic Just music, the track so. finally clicked on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, right before we start doing the podcast, um, I was in the middle of the same battle where the audio glitch happened, and it completely uh, shut off my system. So Fun. Uh, yeah. I, I've had nothing like that, but I'm also playing on a PS5, so that could very well be a part of it. I, I'm sure that's um, a big part of it, to be honest with you. I feel like that probably this game is more optimized pushing the hardware. for the next gen. Yeah, exactly. Like my Sometimes when I start the game, it sounds normal, and sometimes when I start the game, it sounds like my, my PS4 is a rocket engine. So it's I'm finally starting to see that it's probably, it's probably high time that I eventually start looking for a PS5 towards the end of this year. Um... If I can ever find one, which yeah, I, I mean, wish, I'm not I too worried luck. about right now. Are you guys still doing lotteries over there for them? I don't know. I, I I haven't given one iota of a shit at this point, to be honest with you, because I just I don't want to deal with the the rat race of trying to get one. You know, I understand. Like and if you I weren't so going out there looking for one to begin with, but I, I was just curious if maybe you know. No, I have no You'd idea. You'd see what's be going honest. down because I know for a long time, and it very well still might be the case. A lot of Japanese realtors were doing uh, lotteries. Why were the realtors doing lotteries? Like re- retailers? I thought you said realtors. I th- yeah, like I th- re- I retailers. I thought you said realtors, which I, I was confused. Like re- retail businesses. Yeah, retail business. Yeah, realtor yeah. is like someone who sells houses, though. Yeah, no, I probably them. did say that. It's a, it's a bit of a slip of the tongue, but like re- retailers. It doesn't sound quite right, but I probably did say realtors. Well, that's why I was confused. I was like, what the fuck are house sellers trying to sell you ps5s too because japanese because realty is a weird business in japan from what i understand apparently no i was actually completely actually i'll tell you that that after the show i'll tell you um has to do with japanese housing remind me i'll tell you after the show but um overall i still say i would still say it's worth the money to get into the game minus some of the things that i've grown a little bit more wary of Mm -hmm. i still think it's really fun and i've I still look forward to plugging away at it little by little every night. Um, it's been cool. it's been a really fun game. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, Rich and or I will have a review up on that here fairly soon as well. But Rich has another game he wanted to talk about. I did not partake in this game. However, Rich did. I um, did. Yeah. This game is called Necromunda. Hired Gun. That's right. Tell uh, me about it, Rich. Yeah, I'm playing a Warhammer game again, you guys. Uh, I talked about uh, Necromunda Hive Wars, which is a, a tactics game set. I'm not a huge Warhammer guy. There are certain Warhammer things I like. 
was really into Vermintide. I was really into the Necromundus setting uh, as like one of these massive hive cities in the Warhammer 40k universe. Uh, Hired Gun is a first-person shooter set within a hive, the Necromunda hive city, and it is a Doom-like. And when I say that, I mean Doom 2016, uh, which is kind of crazy to see. Um, It's got glory kills. It's is a a single-player first-person shooter um, with some loot system in terms of the the gun drops you're getting. So it is not locked into these are your weapons like Doom is. Uh, you design a loadout. You can change your character's appearance, which I don't really see much sense in because you never see them. Um, but there are some like charm abilities and stuff you can hook up. And the the main point of it is you are a hired gun. You are a bounty hunter. Um, and it is mission-based. You, you go out on missions from a hub. I'm not super involved in the story. I've done like three or four missions, so I like I don't can't really speak much to it on it. I'm also not that big of a Warhammer, especially 40k guy, to tell you a ton about the story. Um, but these the Hive cities have such like a cool aesthetic, and this is maybe what I appreciate about Warhammer 40k more than anything. For anyone who's unfamiliar, Warhammer is a general fantasy setting. 40k is set in the far sci-fi future of this same setting. Um, mm. And you see notes of it, like, slip through. Like, there's a point in the beginning where you're going up in this elevator deep into the Hive City, and there's, like, you know, all the, this, like, sci-fi bullshit everywhere, but also out the window you can see, like, a gothic cathedral because it's still the same world that was once the medieval world of Warhammer. Um, it, it, it's just, It's super cool, and it's aesthetic in that... I, I'm hoping this game gets a patch soon, is what I'll say next. Uh, I'm playing it on PC. My understanding is the console versions are the same thing. There's a lot of frame rate issues. And it's not a bad-looking game, but for a game that looks the way it is, I don't think I've ever heard the fans on my PC spin faster. Jesus. Like, it is. it was getting hot. Like, I played for a while, and I was like, I think I just need to turn my pc off for a while and let just it cool down cool and i took the uh i even took the front of the case off just so it could cool off a little bit more damn dude um it was getting bad but the thing is uh and i was actually talking to Gilbezi about this on instagram today because he posted a video of the xbox version the game is fun enough that i want to keep playing it but i really hope they get around to fixing some of the performance stuff uh also mm. you get you get a puppy in this game you get a, a mastiff sidekick that's awesome who um one of my favorite interactions i've seen with a dog in a game uh when you're looking at a character there's a button you can hit to sick the dog on them and the action your character takes is you pull out a squeaky toy and like shake it in the direction of the guy you want them to attack and they just run and charge them okay okay but uh, that these, sounds really fun, dude. Yeah, these games have a lot of flair. Um, another thing it has that Doom doesn't have that I'm like, oh, they should put this in the next Doom. It's got a wall run. Uh, yes. Wall running feels real good. I love a good shooter with, uh, with a wall run in it. It This game just has a lot of really great ways to move, a lot of fun different weapon types. Um, I'm hoping a patch does come soon, which is probably why I'm prioritizing a couple of other things above it. But I want to keep going. and it, It's a lot of fun. It's It's got fucking style. Yeah, I I like that they wanted to try something different with their franchise. That's really cool. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 worth checking out. I think even if you're not a big Warhammer person, 
I was just gonna ask that. My my mic just completely fell. If, no, I was I was gonna try and cover for you. <laughs> no, um, I was just gonna ask if you're not a big fan of Warhammer, is it worth the time? If you're a fan of like Blade Runner esque, like gritty sci-fi and New Doom, then I think this is worth checking out, even if you don't know a ton about Warhammer. Because I know some, but I also don't know a ton. I, I have the advantage of this particular setting of Warhammer is one of my favorites, the, the Necromunda area of 40k. Okay. That's dope, dude. That, I Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I almost want to try it. I almost want to. And it's uh, $40, I believe. Uh, there's a big Warhammer sale on Steam right now, so the Steam version is 33. That's why wow. I, I snagged it immediately. I was going to wait on it for a little bit. My computer couldn't handle that. But for those of you whose computers could handle it... And even beyond that, I feel it's worth noting, it is not a full $60 title. It's it's $40. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's something I may have to check out. Is it a long game or is it a shorter game? I'd imagine it's probably not too long. Uh, I haven't looked at like time to beat or anything. Mm. But it's a mission-based single-player shooter okay so you know take that info for what it is yeah that's fair okay did you want to talk about uh shin megami tensei 3 or did you want to I save it for next i think week? everything i wanted to say so far i pretty much loaded in that intro uh okay. so we can we can hold on to that one for next week okay well, let's just jump into the polls then let's just, just get in that it's a quick one maybe. a second break sure make this a shorter podcast for today we might, um, we might clock in under two hours. What what a world. Uh, I, I, what a world. I had forgotten to say it during the topic. If you want to ever chime in during the topic, we love to have listener comments and reflect upon them. That's going to be every Thursday at the Swordchomp Instagram. Please feel free. And if you want to vote in the polls, uh, they're the social media polls that we discuss on the show. Um, again, at the Swordchomp Sword Sword Instagram. Swordchomp uh, is our new mascot. That's right. Every Monday... You can vote in those polls, and you can be a part of the show. So um, the first poll I have, kind of inspired by a lot of the recent new video game news that has been dropping on the eve of E3, we got some new Horizon Forbidden West footage. Are you getting more hyped for the game? Uh, 67% of people voted for, give me Horizon Forbidden West now, and 33% of people said, I can wait. Um, did you see the footage at all, Rich, or no? Yeah, I watched that 15 minutes. Um, that's some good-looking underwater stuff. Dude, it looks real good. It looks real good. Yeah, I'm really hyped for it. Um, I, You know, it's it's weird. When I was playing that game, I was like, oh, this is a typical, typical AAA game. And then I still think about that game years later. So I still... Re- that game has a really strong narrative that I still think about. Yeah. Um, it is a really, really strong story. I think stronger than people even give it credit for. I think it it passes the Bechdel test as well, actually, for a female protagonist. Does it? Huh. I'm That's pretty sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to double like, check. Regardless of that, I, I think Aloy is a very likable protagonist. I like the fact that she's not driven by a lot of the typical, what a lot of typical... Um, no, she has sort of a unique, unique outlook and a unique place. Also, a unique place in the world that doesn't feel like it's treading the ground of like you're a chosen hero. Exactly. Yes. Like, in fact, she's actually a person dealt a shitty hand who kind of takes it upon herself to improve her standing. Yes, precisely. Okay, next, 
We got some new Far Cry 6 footage. It looks really good. Are you ready to hop in and kill bad guys with, with Gustavo Fring? 74% of people said chicken and drugs, baby. 26% said, I mean, no? Uh, I still think that the guy looks like Gust- uh, Gustavo Fring, which is played by Juan Carlo Espino- Espinosa? Esposito. Please? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, it does. Yeah, it's, it's him. Far Cry 6 looks awesome. Like that's the first Far Cry game I'm actually hyped for. It looks really fun and good. Yeah, it looks good. You said it looks like him. You know it is him, right? Oh, it is him. I didn't know. Yeah, it was no, him. it's him. Okay, well that makes sense. Because I was confused I was... for a second when you said that. I still think it looks like him. But like, what do you mean? It is him. <laughs> I didn't realize. I well, like I've been confused because there are moments where it looks exactly like him, and there are moments where it looks like oh, I could see it's a look alike. Yeah, no, no, it's it's, by... it's him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's done. He's done other do. game work. You know, he was in Payday too. I did not know that. Actually, he's, he's the dentist, famous for my favorite line: "I want my payday, too." <laughs> it's a real uh, thing. Google it. Um, I believe you. But what do you think about Far Cry Six? It look good. Interesting so far. Yeah, it looks good. I'm always hesitant uh, with Far Cry because I fucking hate Far Cry Five. I think it sucks ass. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It's. It wasn't great either. I think it's bad. <laughs> I had cute. I had a cute dog. I, it will always resonate with me as having yeah, the cutest that's dog fair. to do. I don't know. Look at that little dog in six. Looks good too, man. Looks real good. Uh, most of the trailer for Dying Light Two seemed pretty standard zombie video game content, but the free running and the combat looked. Seventy-five percent of people said fun as hell, and twenty-five percent of people said just hell no cap did you um did you play the original dying light i did not i played a little bit of it and that was the whole thing the parkour is real cool um it is really cool if they're expanding upon that more so which i think it's clear they are like i didn't play a ton of dying light and probably never will at this point because i just who has the time to get around to it um i definitely have an interest in dying light too because the way the the combat and the free running sort of blend together seems real cool yeah, it looked like typical zombie fare with some, like, um, more powerful zombies and uh, horror and uh, Every, humanity. Everything's got to try that. Yeah, everything's got to. Yeah, but the free Your choice running, matters. The free running really stood out and the combat really stood out because the combat, like, the, what they were basically showing, this guy, like, sliced three people's heads off with one slice of the sword. And I was like, yeah, God, cool. that looks awesome. That looks like just mindless fun. And. Sometimes that's what I'm looking for, especially in a it, zombie game. So I'm it, on board. I, I love inventive melee combat like that. This is a totally different thing, but it just reminded me of it. Like, I'll never forget this working and feeling delighted by it. Um, you're familiar with, like, how super hot works in general, right? Super hot? No. Yeah. I know oh, how you know, icy hot works. Okay, so the game Super Hot, I won't get too far into it, is just a game about time moves when you move and you're trying to efficiently take out enemies. Um when super hot vr came out i had always wondered would this work and 100 percent in super hot vr you can grab a dude and bust his head open by kneeing him in the head <laughs> mm, that's i love that kind of shit in games. Really like when it's mindless cool. fun because clearly i'm violent and i need help because i'm a troubled young teen um the next the next poll i did was the sonic direct talked about the sonic direct that happened a little bit ago the sonic direct didn't do much for me but parts of it were awesome. Namely, 
this two-point hospital Sonic crossover that is hilarious and adorable. Now, I don't. Did you see that, Rich? That little. I don't watch Sonic things. Okay, so basically, do you that know was two I, that's not in meter that I meant, but I, I saw the two-point hospital thing. Like I saw screenshots of it. Um, it's fucking adorable, right? It, Two Point Hospital is also a fucking fantastic game, so yeah, it, it's cute. Yeah. I said, do you love when games do nonsensical crossovers like this? 66% of people said, oh yeah. Uh, just like the Kool-Aid guy. And 34% of people said, oh no. Um, which I don't know why you would like that. Wouldn't like that, because that I shit's think it's awesome. a case-by-case basis with stuff like I think you could do something that could very easily rub me the wrong way. But for the most yeah. part, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm always on board for weird shit like that. Now, this one, I this is probably the most surprising poll, and I think it's going to surprise you too, Rich. CD Projekt Red appointed Gabriel Amatangelo, or Ta- Amatangelo, however you pronounce that, Armadillo, as the new director of Cyberpunk 2077. They plan to make new DLCs similar to Witcher 3s. At this point, if they put a lot of work into the game are you willing to give it a second try the choices were I'm listening and piss off 75% of people Rich said I'm listening and 25% of people said piss off that doesn't surprise me and I don't think there's anything wrong with being open to it like even what was there in cyberpunk just wasn't interesting enough for me to really care that much. That's fair. I, I did. I wholeheartedly and utterly disagree with you. I absolutely loved my time. And that's fine. Games. A lot of people love it. I just, I did not come out feeling the same way. I think they could make great stuff. Look at, uh, the Witcher, like blood and wine is a, a DLC that is like an own, a game within it, uh, within itself. Yeah. Um they could yeah. do cool shit. They totally could. And they could they could make something that ends up changing my mind completely. Um I, I just I, I talked about it we've talked about Cyberpunk enough on this show in the past. Sure. Like even with all the problems fixed, like I don't think the story Cyberpunk was trying to tell even scratched the itch I was looking for to begin with. So it might be more about me than the game at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um I'm really excited. I want I want to love that game more than I already do. Um, I want a lot of those issues fixed, obviously, like most of us. And more content would be awesome. More content is I th- better. I thought you were just going to end it at uh, CD Projekt Red appoints a new director to Cyberpunk. And I'd be like, nah, dude, I believe that. I'd want my name off that, too. <laughs> right? Um, the third issue of The Last Ronin, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, dropped last week. Have you been reading them at all? If not consider this an endorsement to fix that as soon as possible um 31 percent of people said yes i'm loving it 69 percent of people nice said i need to stack <laughs> um yeah i have not been able to purchase it i like i tried to do it on amazon which is where yeah I you told me you were having two. trouble with issue three yeah yeah i don't know why i can't buy it on on for my kindle um on amazon usually i just buy it and have it sent directly to my kindle but um, for some reason, it's not available, so I, I have to go to the Comicology site or yeah, something like that. Comicology. Um, yeah. Check check it out when you can, and we'll talk about it. Uh, they're they're starting to really explore more of that stuff. That comic's really good for anyone who's unfamiliar. It is about it, like a, a almost post apocalyptic sort of TMNT story where only one of the turtles is left alive, and it's kind of like a revenge. Grandson is running things. Yeah, and it, it's it's a story of revenge in a lot of ways. Um, 
we get some backstory in the third issue on what happened to uh and one casey casey jones uh which is really interesting well you just partially spoiled one of the the turtles it's i don't really it's very early on discussed who the living turtle is i'm gonna beep that out (laughs) yeah i'm gonna beep out the turtle i won't beep out casey jones i'll beep out the turtle because he's not a turtle i've heard mixed things about the the newest one by the way so i'll be excited to talk about that with you i I heard some people loved it and i heard some people thought it was terrible so i think those people are fools fools they say or fools you say Uh, i'm just gonna slip this into the podcast for the funnies uh my friend who i have to meet up with after this just texted me fomo so i texted him back fupa (laughs) that's appropriate it's the best time of the year rich nba playoffs time for those of you that watch have you enjoyed it so far and who do you predict will win it all uh 48% of people said it's been a good year for basketball. 52% of people said nope. Uh I got to tell you I've been loving the playoffs so far. I know I'm the only person here now who cares about basketball, but uh I've absolutely been loving this year so far. I'm glad uh, you're having a good time. I got to be honest, seeing LeBron James knocked out of the playoffs first round this year warmed my heart. Really? Warm- yeah how sadistic of you you were like me when my boss got fired well one of us had was directly affected by that the other person was not you're directly <laughs> affected by what lebron does i'm totally 100 percent affected hashtag taco tuesdays no i i've been really surprised and pleased with the results so far this year right now actually the bucks and the nets are playing so that's part of the reason why I'm trying to get the show on the road because I want to watch that game. That's going to be the matchup of hey, this year for the that's playoffs. That's okay, buddy. That's okay. We both got shit to do tonight, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, just a few more polls. I know these are so many polls. I was so inspired by so many things. So many week. polls. Yeah. I can't help it. I was loving doing poll day this week. By now, I think that most of you have heard the song Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Because of it, I finally listened to Anderson Pack. Have you two been sleeping on this amazing man's music? You're, of course, speaking to me and Mr. Peanut. That's right. The only two people that matter. 36% of people said yes, and I regret it. 64% of people said who? Um, I, I've been having an Anderson Pack week, man. I am in love with his that is a sentence no one else has ever said um i doubt it because yeah his music is amazing and i'm no one's denying that that, but that's a really specific thing to say okay i'm in love with his music no no i am having an anderson pack week oh okay fair enough yeah but no his it's been awesome i've really been enjoying his music this week um if you get if any of you out there have never checked him out i highly recommend it he um he has a lot of like 70s r&b uh influence he he does some hip-hop he does a lot there's a lot of soul influence as well his music's really fucking good and i'm glad he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves because uh, he's been at it for a while now and uh he's getting the mainstream success that he should have been getting all along are you a fan of him rich 
Um, I wouldn't say I'm a fan just because I don't know enough of his material that well. Like I've heard mm. songs here and there, but uh, maybe I'll do a little bit of a deep dive on your uh, on your recommendation. You should. You really should. Yeah, I, I try to show my dad one of the songs, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I like it, but it's um, gay. It's weird. I don't get it." Well, he didn't say any of that. <laughs> that's just a, that's my impression of like old white men. <laughs> no, no, no. My dad's just like, um, there. There's a song. I believe it was. Uh, he sampled Porter Robinson. I want to get that right. Or is it Smokey Robinson? Let me double check. Anyways, I showed him this song, and he's like, "It's not a bad song. It's not for me, and it's really difficult to kind of sample what he sampled um, on a song." Smokey Robinson. It's mm-hmm. Smokey Robinson. Um, he sampled some of Smokey Robinson's music, so he felt that Smokey Robinson's original was much better, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, that's how it'd be. But um, it'd anyways, be like again, that. if you want to check out our social media polls, you want to be a part of that, every Monday at Swordchomp Instagram, you can be a part of it. Uh, just a few quick things to wrap up before we head out and get on with our day. Um, if you enjoyed this show, and you want more content from us, head over to SoarChomp.com, where we actually have other podcasts. We have um, Chomping After Dark, which has been dormant lately, unfortunately, just because we've been slowly building everything back up. Um, Changing as the three responsibilities. Of us. Uh, but that's where we do a spoiler cast. It's a deep dive on video games and the occasional movie and TV show that we love. Um, we also have an interview-based podcast called Evoking the Sublime, where I interview devs and talk about the history and creation of their game. Um, I haven't gotten a new episode up for a while on that, um, but it's still there. Uh, Also, if you want to uh, support us and in turn receive uh, benefits from it, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp because that helps us out immensely with uh, making more content. Um, We have some content that's going to be dropping here in the near future, some new stuff and some updated stuff. And any amount of money that you can help us with. I know things are tight for so many people right now. Um, Same can be said of us. Any amount helps us out tremendously and allows us to continue to make uh, interesting and fun content for you to check out. And you get benefits on top of that. So, I mean, you can't beat that, right? But no, seriously, we, we, we also appreciate all the current patrons that we have right now as well. They're amazing. They're keeping us afloat right now. Thank you so much. Keep on um, keeping on. Yeah. I'm sure you'll you'll hear it in the ad that Rich and Josh made, an amazing ad. But if you want to check out some uh, threads that we have, you want to represent Swordchomp with merch, store.swordchomp.com is a really cool um, way to support us as well. And last but not least, or two more things. If you want to check out editorials, same thing on the site where Rich and sometimes I write reviews of various video games. Um, definitely check those out. And last but not least, um, if all of that is just overwhelming and you're just here to listen to the Chompcast, I, would, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. And if if you want to do anything for us, spread the word. Spread the word. Share with people. Tell your grandparents. Um, tell, tell your friends and family, anybody who you think would be interested in listening to the Chompcast. Um who we are and that would be awesome that would, that would mean the world to us um you know Tell retirement been, homes to put it on while they play canasta right we've been getting some new listeners recently and i um some of those people have been reaching out to me on social media so it's really cool to hear that people are kind of sharing the word of sword chomp and the chomp cast and stuff like that so thank you so much 
seriously, it means so much to us that people still want to listen to us after all these years. But um, we're going to get out of here. Um, we know it's a shorter episode this week. Uh, Josh will be back next week. And um, we'll be back to we'll be... three hours because three people again. That's how that right. works. Right, exactly. And hopefully we will be back next week with a new Chomping After Dark episode. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the upcoming episodes we have slated, so you don't want to miss those. And you know what two big games are out next week, Shay? I don't. Which ones? Final, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade mm. and Ratchet & Clank A Rift Apart. Yeah, I don't think I'll be playing either of those because I don't have a PS5. But I um, can tell you for sure that I will be playing both of those. Dude, um, I'm excited for you guys, man. You're gonna, I'm. If you end up streaming Integrade, let me know. I'll I'm be going there to, to do my best to stream Integrade. One because more than anything for you, because yeah. I know you want to see um, the Mount Condor thing. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to. Uh, Take the, I want to. Ch- I've moved this office around a lot recently. Um, you may have noticed, noticed. that there's, uh, there's a missing couch. There's some stuff moved. Um, I want to set up more of a sort of set for streaming here. It's going to involve running some cable. Uh, so hopefully by then I'll have that good to go. Dope. Yeah, it's looking better, man. Looking so, fresh, updated. So much room for activities. <laughs> I was wondering how long we were going to let that that awkward silence last. No, I love you. Thanks for being here, Rich. Um, of course. I'm Shay. Thank you guys for listening to us, and we will be back next week for a new episode of The Chompcast. Thank you. Take care. Be safe. Good night. And goodbye. We did it, Rich. We did it. Thank you for listening to the Chompcast, the podcast where we aimlessly talk about nothing, where you could hear this from 30,000 other personalities, but why not come here for three cis-hetero white men to today's talk about top- video games? <laughs> today's topic, weird shit a homeless guy outside the stopping shop said to me. You know, uh, Rich Meister, if you uh, gave me a dollar, I wouldn't suck your cock, but uh, i stick my tongue about one quarter inch up your asshole, and you could just... You know, pray dog your shit just so it touches the tip of my tongue. And then uh, after that, I'm going to go and lick old Tommy's areolas, give him some poop nipples, and then we're going to see what gets <laughs> popping nipples. off. And then on the way out, he kept asking me if I had seen the director's cut of The Big Lebowski. And I was like, I don't think there is a director's cut. And wouldn't it be a director's cut? Because there's two directors. Something to think about. Yeah, I never said any of that. I just wanted the poop tongue. You sound like a, a, a Rocco's Modern Life character. Like, you sound like one of the big heads. <laughs> I do. I haven't seen that show in so long. Hey, Mrs. Big Head. Rocco, yeah, darling. <laughs> I really forgot about that show until you, or that, that part of the show until you mentioned it.